Hi, I'm Sasha, and you're listening to Sasha's Political Hypothesis. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the extent to which feminists agree that the personal is political. So the notion of the personal is political, it's sought to convey that all relationships between men and women are based on power and dominance in all aspects, not just those in the public sphere. This slogan was coined by Carol Hansish to argue that the political dimensions of private life, as all feminists agree that women need to be liberated in the public sphere, as they face discrimination and therefore are treated unequally. However, the strongest agreement is that most radical and socialist feminists agree that the personal is actually indeed political. Radical feminists believe that liberals misunderstood the pervasiveness of the patriarchy and how important a social and cultural revolution is in the society today. So this means that the public and private spheres are both reflections and um, creations of the power of the patriarchy and thus if women are constrained to jobs such as housekeeping and constrained to domesticity it's not a private matter but in, in it is actually an aspect of the patriarchy that festers in the home liberal feminists however disagree because they advocate that the separation of the two spheres as in a free society the private sphere has no concern of others especially not to the state as they want in legal and political equality more So a stark difference lies that there is a disagreement whether the matters in the private sphere should should or should not be a concern to others and to the state. So firstly, in agreement, most feminists distinguish between the public sphere, which is your society, and then the private sphere, which is your family and your domestic life at home. Most feminists do accept that women are unequally treated in society due to, due to patriarchy in different aspects of life. However, all radical and socialist feminists recognise the importance of women's oppression in the public sphere as well as in the private sphere. Women's consciousness, according to radical feminists, has been distorted by a, male domin- by a male-dominated society in which they live and to overcome this entrenched patriarchal society the only thing is revolution which is needed and which would be effective which is argued by Kate Millett and she believes reforms will not have a significant impact on this society. Millett further argued that the importance of the term the personal is political is extensive as she believed that the family life is key to is a key tool of patriarchy and that the socialization gives men the power that it denies women which is a part of the private sphere denying women intervention in the private sphere is therefore a form of negligence from issues such as domestic violence or unjust housework toil and therefore should be a political concern The heterosexualism, especially in households, according to Millet, allows men to exercise their dominance over women in relationships. And some extreme radicals would go to the extent of saying that lesbian communities are the only solution to men rendering their power in relationships. 
Therefore, these issues are essentially political patriarchy because they involve the exercise of dominance over women and therefore this flaws ideologies of feminists believing in the separation of the spheres. Furthermore, radical feminist Kate Millett also believes that the socialization of girls and boys at home while growing up causes this culture to support masculine authority in all areas of life where permitting females none. Thus, this socializes girls to accept their differences in society, which often include obedience, nurturing, domesticity, a role as a housewife, and that is seen as their most fulfilling and their full potential. Furthermore, Millet also believed that it was important for women to find sexual liberation in order to be fully liberated in all aspects of their life. This is similar to Germaine Greer, who continued the theme of sexuality, where she argued that women's interest in being sexual had been removed for them due to the socialization by men. In agreement to radicals, socialists also trust in the oppression of women and see, they don't trust in the oppression of women, sorry, but they see um, that women have been oppressed in several aspects of their life. And so they also believe that the personal is political. Furthermore, social feminists, Charlotte, like Charlotte Perkin Gilman, was ahead of her time in her respect as she understood that girls are socialised from an early age, which is similar to Millet's ideologies. And this is in the household, where they have to take on the role of motherhood and homemaking, rather than thinking of a wider role to benefit the state and the economy as a whole. Women are obliged to conform to the domesticity, and Gilman argued that there should be no difference in clothes, activities, or toys, or anything that they have to do at home. Taking it further, however, she campaigned for the destruction of traditional nuclear families and its replacement by forms of communal living, whereas child, whereby child-rearing and housework would be shared between men and women equally, which would give importance to women's liberation. These changes in the private sphere suggest the importance of how political the private sphere actually is, according to radicals and socialists. Gilman's main argument was that sex and domestic economics went hand in hand for women to survive. They were reliant on their sexual assets to please their husbands, so he would financially support their family, showing patriarchy being exercised in the private sphere. Sheila Rowbotham, another socialist feminist, presented social conditions from a Marxist perspective, and she argued that sexism origins predate capitalism, and the institutions of marriage closely resembled feudalism. And this suggested that wives are equal to feudal serfs. This is through culturing, cultural conditioning, I believe, of humanity regarding workplace, homes, laws, etc., which is similar to Millet's radical view of eradicating patriarchy as a whole. This would result in the private sphere becoming political becoming a political concern of the state, the law enforcement, and etc. This means that both radical and socialist feminists strongly believe that the personal is political and the issues of patriarchy are exercised in the private house, in the private households, and the private sphere, and this should be a concern to the public. The socialization of both types of feminists foster 
into further oppression of women and this limits their potential, which would not be the case if the private household and public households were political both, which stresses the importance to the society. In disagreement, however, although both radical and socialist feminists agree that the personal is indeed political, one disagreement or one indiscrepancy lies within liberal feminists as they advocate for the separation of the two spheres as they're in a free society. This private sphere, they believe, has no concern of others, especially not the state, as their main concern was initially to acquire legal and political equality, which they don't believe the private sphere to be a part of. Radical and socialist feminists can dispute on this phenomenon, as the matter in the private sphere oppresses women greatly, which is therefore a patriarchal political exercise of the inequality, and therefore it rejects the importance of the private sphere, and so some can argue that they are denying women political equality. Simon de Beauvoir, a liberal feminist who is from the first wave, focused heavily on gaining the vote, and even though the suffragette movement was one to bring political equality, de Beauvoir challenged the importance of legal equality, where the law applies to all. Liberal feminists like Simon de Beauvoir reject the idea of idea of patriarchy as pervasive and systematic of as a pervasive and systematic oppression of women. Instead, they highlight the discrimination against women, which which through reformist methods they believe would disappear. A stark disagreement can be see here, seen here as, firstly, there is a heavier focus on gaining equality in the public sector and a denial of patriarchy pervading private spheres of the household, of the workplace, etc., which is a major, dif- major difference to the radical and socialist feminists. Another difference is that in their reform ideologies, as they seek change in society is gradual and peaceful, which is inconsistent with the radicals and socialists, as they argue that patriarchy is deep-rooted and discrimination is too entrenched in our society and therefore can only be overcome by revolution. De Beauvoir further coined the term otherness given by society as women have internalized their otherness even after it has been imposed. They accept it and therefore need to be conscious of their domination before they can struggle against it. I quote, the other is not simply an idealist relationship, it is a materialistic relationship, close quote. De Beauvoir had major influence on liberal feminist Betty Friedan. Dismayed by the idea of a separate mystical feminine nature, Friedan argued that woman's nature was an example of further oppression of women. And this nature, according to radical and socialist feminists, was through the socialization. Frieden argued that the problem had no name, meant that women were capable but are held back at work, which was part of the public sector and therefore shows a lack of acknowledgement of the private sector, which is a clear disagreement. The constraining of women was seen only in the public sphere, as although the dissatisfaction was often treated as a private matter by both women themselves, Frieden blamed it on the position of women in society. This meant that Betty Frieden claims that if reformist methods are made, like the political vote, we will all reach equality, 
along with other liberal feminists who believe patriarchy is not as pervasive as radicals see it to be, which is another stark difference. In conclusion, although the difference between liberal, radical and socialist feminists about the personal being of not being political is a distinct issue, commonalities between liberal perspective against the radical perspective are extremely stark. Like radicals, liberals believe that women must seek sexual liberation from structures of nuclear families in order to escape matters in the private sphere. Nevertheless, there is a debate amongst liberals on the validity of separation of these fears as they fear other issues that are greater than a threat to women, such as a lack of opportunity in the workplace, are far more pervasive. Despite these differences, unequal treatment of women in the public sphere underpins all feminist ideologies, which is, in conclusion, a great agreement.